do not forget, you know, Jesse Owens ran in front of Hitler. Yes. I think he had every reason in that right. moment to say, I'm out. And it's important you know I'm an ally. Have I told you I'm an ally? <laughs> May I bless my, my allyship? <laughs> you can see it's, it's such a professionally run operation here. Hello. I'm so happy thank to you see for you. Joining me. I brought you a signed book so you can have it. Yeah, over there. Oh, thank you. Yes, I left it. It's quite a tome. Thank you. Yeah, boy. It's a lot. But I got it in there. You're a good writer. Thank you. Is that the first time you ever really tried to write something? Like, like more than like a yeah, grocery list? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked writing when I was growing up, and I did, sh you know, short essays and things like that. But I had so many topics I wanted to write about, and I thought, oh, this now I can, I can now it gives me the answer of what I was been trying to write. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's deep. Yeah. But the cover and the title, if I just saw this in a store, right. I would think it's oh, that's stupid. <laughs> Because flowers and think you'll be happy. <laughs> you know, I would just be like, oh, okay. Okay, I get it. The secret part two. Just <laughs> if I think about puppies and ice cream, everything, and then they'll come oh, no, to me. Oh, no, my makeup's going to come off. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, you fooled them. It's great. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I know you... Uh, have had like an emotional roller coaster like nobody's business. Yes, it's been an interesting. Uh, yeah. It'll be two years next month. Um, <clears throat> that you're, I'm that still, you're, so, but yeah, my mom. That your mother is two, two, two years? years. Can you believe it? I remember that? it was Christmas time. Yeah, right before Christmas. Right. Right, beginning in December. And not too far from here. When I, uh, it's funny, when I was walking right. through your. I was walking through your yard and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I knew the kids who lived next door when we yeah. used to go to camp. I mean, camp. if people don't know, your mother, how old was she? 81. 81. Okay, and lived in this very Tony neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of uh, home invasions. Such a sweet term. <laughs> it's almost like your book. It's got a, a home invasion, you know. But it's not a good thing. No. And that's what happened to her. Some guy killed her in her own home. Yeah. Yeah, she was but you that's, know, in the... In... People are surprised to know that these neighborhoods... Well, because it's where the fucking money is. Ex you know, what did Willie where, Sutton... Where, where, you, where, where you, you going to go? Banks, yes, where exactly. Where the money is. Exactly. You know. And I think people were surprised, or at least they told me afterwards, oh my gosh, things have been happening in Beverly Hills, in Brentwood, in the Palisades, you know, and people felt badly that they weren't really letting neighbors know everyone didn't want and you know you don't want to hurt things but it's like what do you mean you don't want to hurt things you should warn people around you, know, you. It's like a scandal yeah that it, you it just, got home invaded yeah exactly like <laughs> what like, is the you your know, home got raped but, uh, <laughs> we don't, we, <laughs> we don't <laughs> and it's a 19th century when we when we're raped we shut up about it we don't we don't tell anyone it's a dishonor to the family and, <laughs> and then i'll have to marry my brother or some you yeah. know the, the no. rules people the, used now to it's, i i know it's it's all now, you know, the look, I always try to find, I always try to transmute. I shouldn't say I try to find the good and everything, but I always do try. I don't want to sit in darkness and I don't want to well, sit no, in victimhood. Can't. I can't. I'm you, like, I'm not, 
you know what I had to decide, Bill? I was like, I'm not going to uh, suffer to be sane. I'm, I'm not suffering to, for my sanity. Uh, that, that I'm not doing. So that I had to decide very, very early on. And then I thought, okay, I can right. talk about her. I can celebrate her. I can talk about everything that right. everyone asked me about her anyway. And so much of life, I think, is the, a conscious decision that people make how to handle anything. Anything. Yes, anything. it is a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision. It's a very conscious decision to be a victim. Yes. Or not to be. A hundred percent. And people don't like to hear that. People don't want to think that they have a choice. They have a decision. And that's why, <clears throat> you know, everything is a choice and everything is a decision. And the only thing I can rule is my atmosphere, which is my consciousness. And my heart is the only thing I can do. So if I've been given that power, then I'm going to use it. Did you, did you see this um, video? Harvey Levin sent it to me, but I know other people saw it. Of this woman pulled over by a cop who like goes through every mm -hmm. single possible victim no. category. Oh, God. She can, she's, you have, you have got to pull, oh, no. pull this up. I'm it's too fucking to. funny. First of all, she's driving against traffic. Like she's, <laughs> she's dri you know, she's driving on the wrong side of the street, facing traffic. But it's everybody else's Like fault. in a Jason Bourne movie when he does it on purpose to get away. But she, and so the cop could not be nicer. I know there are asshole cops out there, but I, I, somebody should make everybody watch this. There are also cops like this. Right. Because this watch. guy is so sweet to this moron <laughs> who is driving in the wrong way, and she's like, immediately, um, I'm non-binary. You know, he says, can we what? get out of the car? Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. She pulls out. She's, <laughs> she's Native American. <laughs> she just, like, she's triggered by white people. She's, uh, you know, so he, oh, you know, wow. and, and then she's going through all these, you know, and he's saying, like, you know, uh, ma'am, uh, I'm triggered. I'm don't told you me, I'm yeah. non-binary. Yeah, don't <laughs> like, call me ma'am. Yeah. And, you know, he finally says, look, um, I smell alcohol on you because oh, no. she, you know, was driving. Oh, they were on the wrong so side. So yeah. then when he has to, like, cough her, she, of course, goes mental and all the. But it just is just such a perfect epitome of a lot of this culture. And I hate to always pin it on the kids, but it is the kids. Sorry. It's it just is. the truth. But they just embrace this victimhood. And they're just unashamed to, like, pull them all out, whether they fit or not. A hundred percent. And it's it's the opposite. I remember once you said on your show to somebody, I forget what you had on, but you said, I would not be sitting here right now if I spoke to my parents oh, no. the way that the kids are speaking. Oh, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't be I'd sitting be here. I'd be dead. too. <laughs> I Fuck mean, you, Mom. Oh, you can't. My mom heard that in Bristol Farms. She was at Bristol Farms years ago, and she said... Oh, yeah. I knew that society was going to change and go right. downward when this five-year-old started screaming at her mom, saying, you know, F you, screw you, I hate you. And the mom turned around. Instead of giving her, my mom would have yanked me and just walked out of the place. She said, I'm so sorry. Please don't yell at me. Why are you mad at me? And this is... I know. No, People that's, want to be I, raised, and they want right. to be... You have to have authority it's in the it's home. Funny. It's bad for both. It's terrible for the kids because the kids do need discipline 100%. and boundaries. They're fucking children. They're children. They're not just small adults. Right. Um, 
so it's bad for them. And of course, it's horrible for the parents themselves. They put themselves in this fucking prison where they're at the beck and call of their children and they're always like apologizing uh, to them and, and they're like afraid of them. They're like pussy whipped by their children. <laughs> it's, 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 so it's terrible for, and of course, terrible for society. It's bad for society. It's, there's and a, bad, ma- you know. A, Lose, lose, lose. A hundred percent. And people laugh at, you know, decent, having decency. And really, decency is having good manners. Where do good manners, you know, please, thank you, hold the door open, look oh. at somebody. I mean, th- that's gone too. But people want a really great functioning society, but also want to behave in the rudest, unkind way. Then you don't get both. It just doesn't happen. But you also have to, like, make kids understand that they're kids. That right. like they're, of course their natural inclination is to say, why can you do this and I, and can't. I can't? Right. And you just, uh, you, yeah, I think I remember as a kid not quite understanding that rationale because it w- w- went against my whole raison d'etre, which is to do whatever the adults are doing. Mm-hmm. But I accepted it because it was always consistently put out there. Yes. You'll see. You're, and 100%. I guess, and you kind of get yeah. it that, yeah, of course I'm not James mm-hmm. Bond. I would, I want to be, but yes, you're right. I'm 12. I can't mm-hmm. do that. It's funny. You said about you in the, <clears throat> wherever you were, the store. I remember this girl I knew once told me, she said, the difference between my parents, black parents, and white parents is the white parents, like when we get home, well, I'm going to, and the black parents, she said, they will hit you wherever. In front of anybody. Wherever my, it happens. My, the cereal aisle, it does not matter. And it's so much of a better way to do it. It's like a dog. When the dog shits on the rug, they everybody who trains dogs will tell you, you can't like put his nose in it five minutes later. No, you have he to in the moment. He does not know what you're talking about. He's like, why are you so mad at yeah. me? I don't know. Yeah. And you have to do, and it's the same with the children, because they're very much like dogs. They're stupid, and they just have to be trained at the moment. In they the do moment, the bad I things. remember it's Rite Aid now in Beverly Hills, but it was Thrifties when I was growing up. Thrifties. And my mom, we oh. all had Truth or Dare. It was ten years. We were ten years old. It was basically a dare. It wasn't even Truth. It was who all the boys and all the girls decided what they're going to steal, what candy they could steal, and how they can get it in our backpacks and not get caught. All the boys. Mm-hmm. took the things. All the girls, we ran back and we put everything back. I took a Starburst and I, I couldn't do it. My contract, I couldn't do it. But my mom, all the mothers were waiting in the car. The manager of Thrifties came out, told everybody what was happening. And to your point, my mom, I mom, I swear, <laughs> I put it down. I don't have anything in my backpack. She was opening up. I go, mom, I swear to God, I don't have anything. Oh. She was opening it right now. And she had these beautiful bangles. And I can hear them now because she smacked me in the back of my head. Open the backpack right now. And I go, why are you hitting me in front of everybody? She said, because I'm your mother. Right. And I'm going to teach you right now that if you don't stop right now, you are going to become a a person that I did not raise. You don't get to steal. You're you're not a thief. So you're going to stop it right now. And I remember it like it was yesterday and thanked her for it forever because I thought, thank you. I mean, I never did anything like that again. Every time she and her friends were the same, white and black at that time. If I acted up at their house, they didn't wait for Jackie to get there. Right. You know, they'd sit down. Well, in, in the in the Mad, maybe not the pilot, but the first season Mad Men, I knew I loved this show because they portrayed, this is the 60s where mm-hmm. I was growing up, they, in such a funny way, they did it, portrayed the idea that <clears throat> it wasn't just your, your parents. 
who could hit a child. Oh, no. It was any <laughs> adult at the barbecue. Could <laughs> the kid is acting up, 100%. and the, the neighbors watch the kid right in the face, and the father comes over, and you know he's just like, hey, you know, thanks, Ted. That was uh, that was a nice uh, swat you gave me, because it was like it takes a village. Yeah, you know, it takes. A we're the adults, and they're the kids. We're the adults, and of course, of course, you had to have a whole different society for that to happen, where people trusted each other mm-hmm. and thought your neighbors are good people, mm-hmm. whereas now. You might think, oh my God, did did the neighbors vote for Trump? I wouldn't let my the kid talk, the parent talk to my kid, let alone hit him. Yeah. And that's that's a terrible a problem. Break. That's a terrible problem. Yeah. And it's not us. I don't I don't think it's really, you know, I think it's the worst part of America. I think that if you can't have people talking because oh, no, you disagree. I mean, we all of our neighbors, by the way, everyone I'm was always Republican. It didn't matter. I'm always banging that drum. And, you know, the, the usual suspects, the assholes who you and I both hate. Yeah. They're always up my ass, like I had Ted Cruz on the show. I, I watched it. It was great. Oh, thanks. Oh, did you get shit for that? Of course. Well, from the people <laughs> you would expect it from, you know. There's idiots who, if you, if I have a Republican on, they're mad if they don't walk out uh, when I introduce them and I don't immediately punch them in the nose. That's the only way, acceptable but they can't, way. I wouldn't want that if I went on to Fox. Of course I wouldn't want not. that anywhere. Why, you have to be civil with each other and have and, different opinions. And it's half the country and exactly. they're not going anywhere. No one's going anywhere. They're Where not, are any of us going? They're not, even exactly. the fucking idiot celebrities who always threaten, if the Republican wins, I'm nobody leaving. ever did. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We know this. But... Uh, no, celebrities do that. They do, especially on the left. They threaten to leave the country all the time if the Republican wins. I don't know anyone who ever went through with it, and that was a, a, a smart redecision there, I think, because you probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as your cushy life here in America. Um, and exactly, we're not. Nobody's going anywhere, like you said. We're nobody is self-deporting, so you're going to have to learn to talk to these people, especially since. They marry, may very well take over again, mm-hmm. and then... And then what? And then you're just, now you're someone who won't talk to them, and you have no power. But that's not, you know, people are in the positions they're in to do the work, and they are in positions to negotiate every day. They are in positions to sometimes compromise. A lot of the times, life is compromise. I mean, come on, who agrees on everything? I don't agree with my husband. Or no one does. Nobody does. Nobody agrees. So I don't. They get understand. it inside of a relationship, right? They get that, but they can't. And it's the same way. But people are hurting because people do not want to speak to each other. So when you're a, when when your citizens pay you to do a job, you have to get there and do your job and talk to each other and try to make a deal and try to figure something out. But the idea of we can't speak to each other, I've never ever, I can't even imagine not talking to someone because of their political affiliation. I, I just, you know, it's not like, everyone's treating everybody as if they're a terrorist group and that's the problem. That's a whole nother Well, everyone's problem. treating, each side treats the other one like they're in their, both their favorite phrases, an existential threat. Yes. And the problem is that <laughs> Trump is an It's not like it's wrong. Trump is an existential threat. I mean, the idea that they don't believe, that part, that whole party doesn't really believe in democracy anymore. They really only believe in elections count if we win, mm-hmm. but only if we win. That's not sustainable. But I also see how they think a lot of the social madness 
on the left, mm -hmm. the stuff you're talking yeah. about, we were just talking about with, uh, sure, it's fine to say, fuck you, mommy. They see that as a left thing, which I think right. it mostly is. Yeah. And that I, I, it's a lot closer to home mm -hmm. than democracy is. Mm -hmm. And they're not political thinkers to begin with, most people. So they see that as an existential threat. I, I get that. I mean, I think the one is still far more dangerous than the other because once you do lose democracy, you don't really get it back. You don't get it back. And um, I think that <clears throat> people even said to me, there's a thing I write about in the book where I stopped this woman, you know, I stopped this man from harassing this woman. She was an elderly woman. And everyone right. said, I can't believe you did that. You know, he's unhoused. He's, I kept saying homeless. Unhoused. They said, you don't say that. You say unhoused. Jesus. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. There was a woman who was being threatened and she was in danger. I saw five guys with their Air One cups walking with their skinny jeans and they saw the same thing I did and they didn't stop. So I thought, okay, well, there's something happening that's not right. So I went, to, but everyone was mad at me only because, or everyone I told only because, well, I mean, it's not his fault that they only focused on he didn't have, a, that he came out of a tent. I said, what does this have to do with anything? So this is, has to do with nothing. They're so stupid. It's ridiculous. They're so stupid. It's, they're, they, and it's they, hypocritical. Uh, women's rights and women's no, but, this. Women, like, well, here's a see, woman right here. Again, this is everything always seen through the lens of who's the victim. Right. Who's the oppressor. Right. It's all this bullshit. Right. It's what the bullshit that's going on now with the Israel-Hamas moral equivalency nonsense. Like, Israel is the bad guy simply because they have more money and less melanin. Right. That's all it is with the Palestinians. I always say to these people who go on a live there for a week mm -hmm. or try a day mm -hmm. in Gaza mm -hmm. or even the Palestinian territories if you're a woman, I guarantee you will run screaming and begging to live in Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. which right. resembles where you live now mm -hmm. with the same values and freedoms. And that's the essence of it. But... They're so shallow. They only see that color or homeless. Homeless is a marginal group. Right. So, you know, we have to treat them like a, an endangered right. species and right. protect them in their natural environment. The sidewalk. <laughs> They're crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a good space to be in. I'll say that. I mean, I've grown up in Los Angeles all my life, and now it's across the country for sure. But especially looking at Los Angeles... And looking at the disarray and no order, I'm thinking, what is going on? What is happening? But you're right. It's a, it's a consciousness. It's a narrative. And it's a victim what did, narrative. What did your father say? He was. About all. He didn't those, even know all what. All the kind of shit we're talking about. He didn't even about. understand anybody. I mean, he would say to me, you know, he lived 92 years. And I'll tell you, when he would, when he'd start reading or he'd listen to the news and he'd hear young pundits come on and talking about there's been no progress there's no progress. We're still fighting. And he's looking at me going, no progress. You're <laughs> fucking welcome. You know, when I was writing my book, I said, I Daddy, what would your book be called? He goes, you're fucking welcome. <laughs> he said, how offensive to it's say so to offensive. me and my friends and my right. group and my parents, oh. everyone before them, oh. that there's been no progress. He's so like, I got my ass beat every day. I ran from the Ku Klux Klan. Have you? Right. You know, my dad said I was told not to look up in the sky, in the sky at a bird, because I might see a friend or a family member hanging from a freaking tree. Have you? No. 
So his idea of, yeah. like, they don't even, people don't realize that just this us sitting here right now, this right. took a lot of work from a lot of people 100 years ago, 60 years Absolutely. ago, 40 years ago, to make sure that we're here sitting in freedom, having a conversation. Especially since I kissed you on the cheek, <laughs> which I believe, I know was a controversy. I Hopefully I remember the names, but somebody did that in 1967. Okay. I was alive in 1967. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is my lifetime. Exactly. I think it was maybe something like Harry Belafonte mm-hmm. kissed Petula Clark. Like they sang a duet together. Like you oh, could sing a duet right. together. Mm-hmm. I guess it still wasn't mm, all that great right. in Alabama. Right. But I guess at the end of the song, you know, a little peck on the cheek. And forget it. And, you know, all the affiliates in mm-hmm. the southern states or something, or I, I, I don't remember the exact repercussions, mm-hmm. but it was a scandal. Yeah, of course. Okay, I mean, that, really, you know, and when, when I know. these people, they say to me, like, if I even talk about racial matters, how could you know? It's like, no, I can never know as well as you. Of course, no one person could ever know what it's like to walk in another person's shoes. But can I tell you how I think I might have an inkling what's going on? Um, I'm not blind. <laughs> I'm not deaf. I'm not dumb. I can read. I can talk to people, including right. other black people. Yes. I can watch TV and I can look at the internet. So <laughs> this is my magic formula for, for for fighting this. How could you ever know? I can look at society around me. Yeah. Let's just say stick with the commercials. Right. No, because it's intellect, because you have intellect, intellectual sympathy. You could figure it out through all of those mediums and through living. It wasn't Living. that long ago not, when right. black folks couldn't get in commercials. Right. And now they can't get right. out. <laughs> Everybody, I kept telling Tanya, go, is there any white people commercials anymore? Even this Biden is, commented this is on that. hysterical. You remember that when Biden, like a couple of years ago, as he was in his like rambling stage, you know, he was like, turn on the TV. And uh, every commercial you see, uh, <laughs> it's an interracial couple. I swear to God, leave, leave the tea on for th- three, four hours. You'll see every commercial. <laughs> it's like... All right, and you're commenting, <laughs> commenting. But I think he was making basically the same point we're making. Let's face it, after a night of drinking, you don't bounce back the next day like you used to. You have to make a choice. You can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I tell you about Z-Biotics. If you're committed to your healthy routine this year, you need Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. You know, because those guys party like rock stars. These wild men told me that when you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. And Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it most. Just remember to drink Z-Biotics before drinking alcohol. Drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com slash random to get 15% off your first order when you use random at checkout. You can also sign up for a subscription using my code so you can stay prepared no matter the time or occasion. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money-back guarantee, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash random and use the code random at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. I'm here to tell you about Dr. Squatch. The traditional soaps just aren't cutting it anymore, all full things of chemicals that are awful for you and your skin. 
Plus, the scent is so aggressive. There's nothing I hate more than getting into an elevator and having the other person's soap invade my nose like they just had a threesome with a scented candle and a basket of potpourri. My point is, Dr. Squatch is all natural and the scents are incredibly pleasant. Dr. Squatch is different than traditional soaps. They use high-performance natural products, have no harmful ingredients, and have you looking and smelling your best. This is the perfect holiday gift, stocking stuffer or a treat yourself purchase. Right now, buy three soaps and get three soaps for free. That's $28 in savings, making each bar just four bucks. Offer valid for new customers only and free shipping is included. Right now, Dr. Squatch is offering our listeners huge savings. All new customers will get three free bar soaps plus free shipping with any purchase of three bars. Just go to drsquatch.com slash random to receive this buy three, get three offer. That's drsquatch.com slash random to buy three soaps and get three free. It's time to get all the daily routine essentials you'll need to start feeling good and smelling like a new man today. Club Random is brought to you by the audio marketing gurus at Radioactive Media. Okay, if you're in charge of a nationwide company, it's time for you to step up your game. In an ever-tightening economy, you need the bang for your marketing buck. Time to try something groundbreaking that will get noticed by utilizing new platforms to acquire customers and partner with shows like mine. You could enjoy lower CPMs, elevating your brand in a space away from your competitors. Generate up to nine times more leads by combining the power of audio and video channels with text messaging and generate an ROI as high as five, six, or seven to one. That's a shitload of ROI. Radioactive media can create campaigns airing nationally on podcasts, terrestrial, satellite, and streaming radio. Club Random has been partnering with Radioactive Media since the beginning with clients such as Signal Wire, Heat Holders, Wine Enthusiast, and more. And they can create a customizable campaign for your company's needs. Radioactive believes so much in the power of audio marketing, they put their money where their mouths are by using it themselves, right here, right now. Their Radioactive Media exclusive Black Friday deal was such a huge success, they're extending it through Cyber Week. All you have to do is lock in your first campaign before year's end. To find out all the details and receive a few club random goodies thrown in, go to RadioactiveMedia.com or text the word RANDOM to 511-511. Speaking about television at that time, I was watching, my dad loved watching The Jeffersons. I put that on for him. I, I was trying to make him laugh. Sure. And I said to him, I go, this wouldn't be on today. All in the family, forget it. He said, why? Oh, this, is, yeah. this is my favorite show. And you know, it's funny. I had, oh, yeah. I had a friend come over from college and we had, and this is when I knew that everything was getting a little wonky. My mom had a picture of Carol O'Connor and my father up at the bar. They were, they've been friends forever. I've known them since I was a kid. And my friend walked in and she goes, why would your dad take a picture with Archie Bunker? He's a racist. Oh my God. And I went, um, that his name is Carol O'Connor. It's not a racist. He's actually a very good friend, and it's a character, and he's a bigot, and it's one of the greatest television shows that we've ever had. And it was no, 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 no. I mean, she really couldn't wrap her head around no, they, it. Yes. And and I said to her finally, and this is the same group. I was just telling someone the other day. We watched Birth of a Nation. I took a film class. Oh. We had to watch the movie. I watched it four times. This was 1991. 
Well, we Birth finished, of a Nation was ni- 1915. Oh, yes, but I was watching <laughs> no, the movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. yes, yes. For your it own, was yes. one of the for, first. For, oh, it's, I mean. It's silent. It's silent and, and it's, vicious and racist right. and at the White House and the Klan's welcome. And right. Let's, let's support the Klan. Birth of a Nation. So it's, it's, it, it's about the Civil War? Um, I know the Klan. Is, a birth of a Nation you, maybe is right after this? Uh, yeah, it's, it's after. And it's. So it's celebrating oh, like the. Like oh, yeah. the, the end of Reconstruction. Oh, yes. Right. And just, no, I know. And it's, it's horrible. Yeah. But my point of bringing it up was saying, I don't even remember. I remember watching it, and I remember the feelings, and we had to write about it, of course. But there was, I don't know, six black people in the class. We watched the film, and we all looked at each other like, shit, can you believe that? Right. Oh, but then we also said, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I came that, later. Yes. We're, we're <laughs> of after. Of course. Yeah. Thank God. Now, though, it's they don't want anyone seeing the movie. It's offensive. It triggers. It's it's, it's, it's important to see everything. You have to watch these movies. You have guess who's coming to dinner? I think is a great oh, example. I, I think it it's, recently. A, it's a beautiful. It is a beautiful movie of just yeah. The mother is wanting okay, fighting for love, right. and the father is being protective, saying, "I'm not a racist, but I don't right. think this is going to work. I don't think you're going to be happy, and I don't think you're going to be safe." And that is okay to say and not Again, be called a racist. 1967, right? Was that movie? Yep. Same year as the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> from yeah. Harry yeah. Belafonte. Right. So that's yeah, and they were you know for people who don't know or don't remember. They they're a couple in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but San Francisco again. The liberalest place on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And Spencer Tracy is a liberal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's perfect casting because Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, they have such gravitas. Yep. Of course, this was the, the autumn of their careers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they... And young Sydney and, you know, Sydney yes. looking great and dapper. and. But, you know, Kate and Spencer were yeah. lifelong lovers. Oh, yeah. Illicitly. Yeah. Because he was married, married. and Catholic yep. and you couldn't get divorced. Right. So they were basically with each other for mm-hmm. something like 28 mm-hmm. years, but on the sly. Right. I mean, that's the world we lived that's, in. Right. So when she's crying on camera, it, it, it's so real. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much going on right. underneath the surface. Underneath, right. And then, of course, Sidney Poitier is just impossibly <laughs> gorgeous. And and just everything. Everything about that movie is... The daughter... <laughs> not quite... Not quite. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. I don't remember her ever working again. I'm not saying she was bad. I'm I'm just saying, like, if we have these four leads, <laughs> there's one that was not maybe quite as strong oh as God. Hepburn and Tracy and Poitier. But look at the competition. She, yeah. It's a tough role to it, fill. Yeah. It really is. I mean, but what a great classic film. And I think every American... I think everybody should rewatch all the classic movies to understand our history, to and understand right. us yeah. as moving forward in society, and to be able to say, you can't look at people, who, even if you don't know them who lived in that era, and say there's no progress. It's just not true. It's just, and you can't run a society or build as a society or grow if you're just spewing lies all the time about everything, and especially about history. It's not okay. And it's coming from both sides, and it's not cool. What do you think of Candace Owens? She's I think she. I think she's. I think she has a brilliant voice, and I tell every black conservative who is looking for a voice that they should listen to Candy. You know, I don't listen to her all the time, but what I have heard, I'm like, why? 
you listen to all these guys who don't even. I, I think she's way better. Well, she sat there. Yeah, you know, we had just such oh, well, I'm an, sure that an amazing was amazing time. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, and of course, you know, we don't. Oh, you agree. get shit for that too. Of course, I get shit. <laughs> I, I don't pay attention. Yeah, who cares? I mean, but uh, you know. No, but good I mean, for you guys, again, for course. sitting down and well, having a conversation. All, and I bet you agreed on a lot more than you thought. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I knew because I'd seen her stuff. Mm-hmm. that we would, And I even said to her, I said, it's funny, like, what we have to do in this country is find a way to think about somebody who, just like her, somebody who I think is incredibly smart mm-hmm. and just really amazing at what she does. And I can agree with you on A, B, C, D, and E, and I'm thinking... And I told her, I said, yeah. when I when I do agree with you, we're not. There's nobody I'd rather see nail right. somebody than you. Right. You you just yeah. tickle my exact mm-hmm. bone that I need. But A B C D and then E, I think you're completely insane, <laughs> and you think that of me on yeah. this topic. And we have to be able to go four okay. to five. Yeah. Okay. Is that's right. You know, I'm just gonna have to live with that. You have to I live mean, with it. It's okay. My yeah. friend John Rich. I don't. John and I, on paper, like I say in the book, we're not supposed to be friends. We should be friends. But I've known John. We're in the music business together. We know each other. We agree on lots of things. And then and then he looks at me. At, by the time he gets to F, he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm the same with him. But we don't, but we're friends. And, yeah, and we talk. Exactly. And I've learned from him. And he's, I, same from me. We hang out. I know his friends. He knew my parents. I mean, it's just... No, and you learn with a friend, again, the way people can get this in a relationship, but somehow not politically, but in a relationship, you learn to mm-hmm. just go, oh, okay, we don't go there, because right. it doesn't... It doesn't, you're not going, exactly. It's going to end up at nil, so just right. stop. Right, right. But it doesn't take away, my you... whole thing is judge the character of a person. I know lots of liberals who are not good people. Oh, I, I would I much call, rather I, have, you know, I, I would much rather I call them, take... <laughs> I call them liberals in theory. <laughs> they are in theory. They love the theory and the cause. You oh, know, yeah, this. They're always oh, yeah. up for the right cause. Yeah. But they live, and they hate privilege. <laughs> but then, <laughs> They yeah. live on these clouds <laughs> of gaseous nonsense. That the, I always say the greatest privilege is the privilege to be impractical. Yeah, you right, know, that's, right. They think they're, they're, Amen. That's good. they're such great allies of the black person. Because, But when it comes to oh. Mr. Shove, like the black no. people went for, Ob- uh, uh, of course, Ob- uh, Biden. Right. Because that's the practical choice. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have the luxury mm-hmm. of holding out right. for, you know, right. we got to just take the safe right. yeah. choice. 100%. And... It's so funny. They, the, the privilege to be in, impractical oh, like and fantastical and great. nonsensical without consequence. Well, no consequence. It's so mm-hmm. white. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, well, the best. and they just ate privilege. Oh, I, I have a good one. All these privileged kids during COVID, and then the Black Lives Matter thing happened, and I remember being in Malibu, and I was picking up food, and a bunch of white kids, you know, marching, and they have Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and I thought, oh, good for that. Okay, that's great. I get out of my car to go pick up my food and I walk by and I, this girl looks at me and I go, hi. And she's, what? 
And I said, oh, I'm just saying hi. And she looked at me as if, she's like, I'm marching right now. I'm doing oh. something. And I looked at her <laughs> and I went, and I'm black. Thank you very much. Okay, okay, my life matters. Jesus Christ. I mean, but right there. And then I opened it's, the door. I was holding the door open for the same group. They went to get their smoothies, their $30 smoothies. And they walked out. And then I held the door open, not one looked at me and said thank you wow not one but they couldn't wait that's, to put their their sign up that black lives matter and i said people matter that's so, i just it was so typical that is so that's such a perfect story <laughs> it, it was because it, they they can't talk about the forest and the trees that's right gross. they can't see the actual black person, person in, right front in front of them, of them. but yes. in theory oh in theory it was black lives matter because, because <laughs> i'm telling you the cause is them yeah the 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 so, no, there are, of course, people who are sincere about social justice. Of course. Of course. But a lot of these people, like these assholes that you're describing, I swear to God, it's not about Palestine. They don't give a shit about Palestine. They right. just have it in their head mm -hmm. that they need their version of the apartheid battle. They need their version of decolonizing. Mm -hmm. And they don't know anything about this. They don't know right. the history. They don't know who's really a colonizer. Well, and and they don't understand <clears throat> terrorist groups. And they don't so understand. That's, no. that's my point. I'm like, God, and you're talking no, about. They just, because no. it's not about the issue. No. They're the issue. It's about them and making them feel good. Mm -hmm. And it's important you know I'm an ally. Right. Have I told you I'm an ally? <laughs> May I pledge my, my allyship <laughs> to you? God. <laughs> I mean. It's just, you know, the again, oh if you God. think, if you believe that you are, well, I don't even know what to say to all that. I, t I it's, just, it's, it's again, what what saddens me though is, especially going back to my father and my parents. I mean, my mom was moved by Andrew Goodman being killed by the Klan. She was from in New York City, and she's thinking, well, I'm getting people to register to vote here. And wait, Andrew left New York City and then went to Mississippi? And what do you mean the three of them got murdered by the Klan? She had never heard, or really. I mean, she knew she knew what it was. She grew up in Virginia in the summer with her grandmother, but she lived in New York City. My mom right. was a New Yorker. Right. For my mom, all of a sudden, she took that and thought, okay, then I'm going to be more of service because Andrew died. And Andrew and James and Michael died for people like me and everybody else to right. be able to vote. And so she did something with that, which I think is great. And I, and when she told me that, I go, but mom, you didn't even know him. You didn't know him. Why would, how could someone you didn't know change your mind? She said, well, live a little longer. Live a little bit, Nicole. <laughs> you know, wake up. They don't have to look like you. They don't have to be the same race. Right. They don't have to be the same gender. They don't have to be the same religion. When you see good character when you see somebody doing the right thing and that's about American progress, which right. my parents were committed to, then that's what you do. And now it's the the oppressed have become the oppressors. Yeah. And that's a sad thing. And oh, everybody I've... looking to hurt somebody or looking to find something that they can get you. I'm like, get what? We're human. And the and the people who absolutely hate bullying, second only biggest, to <laughs> biggest cry bullies. And they mean. are such bullies. They are such absolutely. mean girls. They hate bullying. And Boy, then, do they! And they hate privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if there's one thing I hate more than privilege, it's bullying. Now shut up and let me cancel you. you I, remember, I, I mean, <laughs> I have another good one for you. My so Ted's daughter Sarah. I had just gotten engaged to Ted. I was moving to the Bahamas. And she got in trouble at school. 
And I said, well, what happened? She said, well, I was fighting with these girls because they wrote terrible things about me on Facebook and they said this and that. So it was all this bullying. I thought, oh, God. So she said, I don't want my parents to know, so you go up to the principal. Well, I went to the principal's office at Beverly High. The principal was my former coach. Like, that's just, he was a football coach when I was wow. at Beverly, and then he became the principal. I'm in the office. We go through the whole thing, and all the girls are denying it. I said, can you open your computers, please? Because oh. I don't have time. Open your computers. The mothers are there, and the mothers, to your point, my daughter did nothing. Of course. I said, can I, then if that's the case, I don't know why we're here, but open the computer. Of course, all the shit's there. Trash is there. So Sarah got a little, you know, cocky, and she was like, because I said, see, this is bullshit. You need to apologize. And everyone did. And then Sarah kind of sat up, and I grabbed her. I became my mother, and I go, and let me tell you something. If I find out that you are hurting people on purpose, if I find out that you're bullying anybody, I'm going to beat your ass. And the principal looks at me and goes, you can't say that anymore. I go, I just said it. I'm going to beat your ass. Sarah, I mean it. And I hadn't, I remember she went home and she looked at Todd like, oh, wow, you're really marrying her? It's like, yes. But I told her that day, I go, this is not happening. Because I knew what was going to, I knew that she felt great. She felt grand. I caught the other kids and I saw it in her eyes. Oh, she's about to go do this. Nope. And parents used to do that. I remember my, not anymore. And so everyone's talking about this pandemic and this epidemic of bullying. But, I think that a lot of it, A, parents don't know what their kids are doing on their phones. They don't know what they're saying to people. Everyone's sticking up for everybody. No one's in trouble. I go, call things as they are. It's not okay. What do you mean? Of course this is crazy. What do you mean people are dying at school, getting beaten up, or this kid had a breakthrough at him and he died three days later because no one stopped him getting bullied? You have all the teachers there and the teacher's aides. and the, What? Right. You know, this is this is this is not this is this is not how societies move forward and you can't function I and mean, we're not going to get better if you can't control your child. And it does got, come from the home. I got so depressed writing and putting together this um, thing we did last week where I showed all these teachers getting hit. Oh, I saw that. It made me I, I, I saw it. It was the end of the show. Yeah, it was the Ted Cruz night. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was so upset. I was like, oh, my God. It's so disturbing to see. It's the worst. Teachers and people. The lack of respect is. I I mean, respect is one thing. I mean, we didn't even have a lack of respect when I was. No. Like I said. No. Like, I couldn't roll my eyes. No. I'd get to the principal's office. I rolled my eyes. The the fact that these kids are not the least bit intimidated Mm -hmm. by authority. And if you do anything, like, I mean, you know, you took my phone. Just you, yeah. that you can show a montage, yeah. and this is just the stuff that's caught on video right. of students wailing on teachers. Just, I, I, I feel I, like I, I did not. I was not and, expecting that at the end, and it scared me and it saddened me because it again shows when you don't uh, revere authority in your home, you're not gonna you're not gonna but, accept it anywhere. But the fact that you could just pummel and children, I gotta say. Now, this, we all have a lot of blame to go around, I'm sure, but the Democratic Party owns education. Mm-hmm. Lock, stock, and tomahawk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. From colleges, I mean, something like 99%, or maybe it's a little less, but very high percentage are Democratic voting mm-hmm. professors, mm-hmm. the administrators, DEI. This is all done. De- yeah. Okay, then we get into the teachers' union. I mean, the Democratic Convention is is a teacher's convention, basically, more than any other profession by far. 
um, I feel like they got to own this a little more. Oh, I agree. Like, you're letting... What? I don't know if that's going to happen, but I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you're letting a school become a place where the teachers can actually punch... Because they're probably afraid of the parents. Exactly. (laughs) That was what I was saying. was like, you know, the the kids can do no wrong. Right. But at some point... I mean, if that is your portfolio, if it's like you are the education minister, mm-hmm. we are giving this, mm-hmm. you are the, you got to take a little ownership of that. You could, let's at least get it. Okay, you know, bad enough that they can't read anymore. Right. But actual violence? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. No, it's... no, you're probably right. I don't see that issue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Democrats are not going to, but again, that's, their flaw there that they will not stand up to their own constituency right you know they can't no and my sister's a teacher you know i mean i have the greatest affection for teachers and me too and i that's one reason i showed all that it's like could you people please have a little compassion mm-hmm. have compassion for the Fucking greatest teachers yeah for getting, the people who change the lives of your children and for they're the better beat, yeah beaten up for mm-hmm. um they're the greatest teachers are the best i i was I, I wasn't a teacher, but I was I I I taught the social behavior class down in South Central, and my mom would always go down and tutor and do these things. And there was there was such a reverence for me for teachers, because my mom made sure that I, she told me every day like these people get up every day to deal with all your stuff. And the sad thing is, is that now I feel bad for teachers because we're expected they're supposed to teach, and then they're supposed to be the parent, then they're supposed to be the psychologist and the sociologist, and everybody down. They have, please, they are there to teach. Your child needs to get in the class, sit down, pay attention, do this, and but they're there to serve, and we don't look at them or we don't give them the credit that they deserve. They are or credit, serving or credit at all, like at the at store, all. right? Because they don't even have enough money. That's right. In these budgets, very often, That's right. and the teachers, I've seen this many times, say, I have to buy the school supplies. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. the teacher who gets a pretty shit salary yeah. to begin with, yeah. and then, you know, has to buy, I mean, some of these. I was just these, talking to my cousin in New York, and he's, they're buying supplies for their daughter's books. I mean, school, yeah, everything. Some of these sex books for five year olds are you not need cheap. To, you need to <laughs> run the country here. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I think you'd be great. I, oh, I think I'd be too. <laughs> I do. I think I could absolutely, I can step into that job tomorrow. So could you. We would be totally great. But, you know, that's the, the hard part is getting elected. It's not, I mean, not that presidency is easy, but it's a lot easier than getting elected. Getting elected, going through that steeplechase of the political parties, the stupid populists, I mean, the, the fucking electoral college. It. It's just like, that's why I know, I know Obama, somebody we both are huge. I mean, you you worked for him. You yep. were the ambassador. But, and I gave him a million dollars, you know. I mean, we're, we're big fans. Mm-hmm. And I think one reason is because just the the political skill, the, the you know, to get elected as the first black president, that is, I mean, that takes a... A lot. Well, just, and he was, I think, a really great president, but just the the skill to get there. Mm -hmm. And then that is, you know, I mean... disciplined. So disciplined. He's so disciplined. And everyone thinks that, oh, you could just get there, and that's the difference with him. Yeah. Is that people don't understand the discipline 
Yes. that that man has. I was the first one to say and he was the Jackie Robinson. And I, be, 100%. Because, and the analogy was that Jackie Robinson had to never take the bait. That was the deal from Branch mm-hmm. Rickey. It's like, they're going to come after you, they're mm-hmm. going to say the worst things, mm-hmm. and Obama, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that they, and he never took, never took the bait. Never took the bait. Uh, Jesse Owens didn't take the bait. Right. Darren didn't take the bait. Right. And again, progress. And everyone yeah. now gets all these deals. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. Again, for all the men who came before you who were spit on, had death threats, went through real trauma and real shit, never talked about it. I mean, that's why I always tell people, like, I do think that I respect everyone getting, you know, being nervous or I'm not judging anybody for how they feel. Nervous However, or anything. And if they say, oh, I'm triggered by this or I'm doing this, my whole point is do not forget, you know, Jesse Owens ran in front of Hitler. Yes. <laughs> I think he was. I think he had every reason in that right. moment to say, I'm out. Right. I, I'm, I'm triggered. I'm scared. I'm, but he, but he, again, the discipline, I just like studying and, and people what? who were so disciplined and faced the worst that you can imagine and still decided to say, I'm going. And I'm, I'm fast on every level. I don't care if they're an athlete, a, a, a first responder. Again, first responders, even going back to my mom, that place was a shit show, you know, from what I heard for an hour of the call, the Beverly Hills police getting the call, getting to the house. I had all of them at my parents' memorial. I had the police chief there. I had the gentleman who, the officer who rode in the ambulance with my mother to the hospital. I honored all of them. I had law enforcement in the front row. They should be in the front row. Right. And... None of them look like, you know, oh, well, they actually did look like my mom because my mom is in the mix. But the whole point is they were, everyone was like, oh, I go, yeah, these are all white cops, by guys, by the way. And they, everyone showed up. The paramedics showed up. The fire department showed up. Everyone was there in eight minutes. And what they saw and what they had to do. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. And they were, but guiding me, I had to talk to them every day for months well, and months mm-hmm. and and, you know, one of the officers said to me, and this is why I wanted him at the memorial with me, he said, you know, he rode in the ambulance with my mom, and he told me how strong she was, and and he got her to the hospital, and she didn't make it through surgery, obviously. But I just looked at these people like, thank, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. And not only because of my mom. I, I've been like this about law enforcement forever. We all forget, of course, there are bad apples everywhere. And, of course, black people have had the worst history with police officers. We know that. Of course. I'm not denying any of that. But to continuously judge, no one wants to be judged by a group. Nobody does. So black men get that way of like, well, I don't want to be judged because of these people. Nobody does. So everybody just take a beat for a second and remember, you know, I had this black woman say, you know, um, people forget that police officers look like me too. And she said, and I have children and I have a husband and I go in when your shit falls apart, if someone's getting raped, someone's getting hurt, who do you call? Me. And I run in. And then everyone says, F you. Later. To all of us. So it's just a reminder of... There's, you know, I mean, it's in the statistics. I mean, if you look at the number of um, black, young black men killed, Mm -hmm. it's ridiculously higher mm-hmm. than other minority groups. A hundred percent. But they're not being killed by white supremacists. And it's the police who have to deal with that. Right. You know? And they should have started doing this a long time ago. You know? I mean, and they're doing it, though. 
Yes, and also generations change. They you know, do like, change. I mean, I've made this point many times. This, to anyone like under 30, even 40 at this point, most of the country, not all, not everyone, but for most of the country, certainly in any city, the most unhip thing you can be is racist. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case right. 30 years ago. It just, no. it just wasn't. Yeah. It's just, so, you know, when I saw that cop dealing with the, <laughs> the non-binary indigenous <laughs> triggered lady, um, and he's just being super nice, I'm like, that is just a young guy. Yeah. Here, well, I don't, I don't know where it is actually where this took place, but it's just a guy of his generation, and that's he's of the same generation. Right. He of gets the generation. non-binary thing. He, yes, does, he, he doesn't gets hear it, it. Exactly. He's not some old Southern sheriff who's like, you know, <laughs> what's up, boy? You, you are, you are half a woman, and a, you know, this, this, this right. is not today. He's a young guy mm-hmm. who grew up with the same mm-hmm. influences that the girl did. They're about the same age. They're both probably thirty. Right. And it's just, it's just a different time. It's, it's a different we world. We have to be able to keep saying that. Like like that mm. black female officer was saying to me, right. it's a different time. You didn't see also, me in, in this 30 years ago. I must say, this: the, the fact that they got there in eight minutes yeah. is just perfect evidence of one of my themes I'm hitting lately or trying to or thinking about, which is it's the Democrats are fighting the last war. They're obsessed with race. And it's really about class. It's about money. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they got to a black woman in eight minutes. Yeah. I, I, okay. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not the case yeah. with most black women or most anybody. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that she lives in Beverly Hills. Beverly exactly. Hills. And that's what it's about. That is what it's about. Oh, 100%. And that's why she stayed here, by the way. Every yes. time my dad said... Everyone was saying, why aren't you go live in Baldwin? He's like, well, I want to live where all the good schools, I'm living here. Right. The schools are great. <laughs> why my kids, we, why, 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 why did we lift ourselves? Yeah, the, why did you lift yourself what, what up? Is, what does aspirational <laughs> mean? We aspired and then we exactly. got there. And we what, got there and this is why I'm living here. Yeah. I mean, all the time, every response was, Daddy, oh. can you believe this is happening in the world? It's like, that's why I live in Beverly Hills. I yeah. mean, he always was. No. And I they mean, had 54 years there. It wasn't like, you know, it was... Oh, they were always scared of this. No, 54 years. And after COVID, like we were talking earlier, things changed around all the affluent neighborhoods. It just did. People following people, this and that. It doesn't. And my whole thing is to everybody, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. She's not here. It doesn't matter. I don't care about all the bread. It doesn't matter. The point is, is it is about class and People need to, I don't know if we're going to get there talking about that because they'll probably get in trouble talking about class, but it is true. And and to your point about, you know, the super liberals, I mean, I it's take care of, try to take care of people, not just at a charity event. Yeah. It, it's it's, it's not, just it's not, try, it just, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't deny that it, racism is still no. with us because of course it is. 100% it's just, it's it just is. putting it in the, in a perspective. I mean, if racism is a malady and it is. Um, okay, so you're doing blood work on, uh, use the blood work from this, this the time, last, right now. not the blood work right. from 1990. Right. You know, of, right. it's never been worse. And no, it's not, <laughs> like, again, it's not fair. Nothing and I, has ever improved. And I look at people about? and Andrew Young, who's still alive, and God bless him, he's the right hand of Dr. King. And I'm like, you're going to say that to him? You're going to look, I dare you to look at Andrew Young, who's beaten up for you, who's right. gone through everything, who changed laws for you. 
and then scream at him, nothing's changed and it's still terrible. You again, it is the most offensive thing. Yeah. You can you can say to people, oh, but generations of people. That's the thing. It, it, it's not just 60 years ago or 100 years ago. We're talking 300 years. And, and also, like, I must say, somebody like AOC, who's like, what, she's 30? So she grew up something like that, mm-hmm. early 30s. Okay, so, um, you know, and she often, you know, talks about being a person of color. Would I know that? Would I even, would that even right. register me if I saw her? And she grew up in New York City, mm-hmm. the most liberal city in the country, in this century. Did it, did it really affect her life? I mean, was, was that, was there something that they said, well, we, we need a bartender here, but let's hire the white girl. Right. Did that really happen? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if nothing ever actually mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, this right. is people only of that age. Right. It's not a people of who are 60. No. We know things happen. Exactly. Even if it was slights and little indignities and cabs and following mm-hmm. and that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. grade 2.0 racism, mm-hmm. it happened. It happened. But, I mean... I don't know, you know, maybe something happened to AOC, but I mean, she's gorgeous. You know, she's a woman in New York in the 21st century. I, I, right. I it, you know, I just think it's a little shady to wear the mantle if you, if, if shit didn't happen, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, I think that this general, the, the whole, the, the, everyone who's 30 and 40, again, I, just let's get back to the time we're in right now. But I don't think, I think if you don't understand, if you really don't study, and I think people say history, people are going back 100 or 200 years. Go back 10 years. Yeah. Go back 20 years. Go back when my mom was growing up. She would have loved to have your job. There was no chance in hell no she was chance. getting your job. No chance. No chance in hell. No. My mom was the same color. My mom was mixed. My mother looked right. the same way. No chance in hell was she getting that job. She wanted to be a, a book editor. Not happening. She wanted to do lots of things. Wasn't going to happen in her lifetime. And then she looked at me and said, but you're going to do it because I'm opening all these damn doors and you go do it. I mean, I'm watching this um, HBO series, The Gilded Age. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any? I, I saw a little bit. I've only seen the promos of it. I'm, I'm liking it. I mean, I watched the first season. Um, you know, it's a real HBO production. The, the, right. the, the, the production value is just like off the charts. I mean, they recreate the 1880s. Like, right. I mean, it looks like it cost a trillion (laughs) dollars, but it's not my money, or maybe it could be more of my money if they weren't wasting it on this. No, but, (laughs) and like, it's, it's so interesting because, um, all these characters, they're, and this is only 1880. So, I mean, that's like, you know, a century and a half. No, is that? So, 1880. Where were we? Yeah. Yeah. Not even. So. Their mindset and their values <laughs> are just so crazily different. Like the the first of all, the the people who have money have servants, and I mean like liveried servants in these like Revolutionary War outfits <laughs> that come. Even the you know, there's like the super rich people on Fifth Avenue, and right across the street lives these two spinsters. But even they have servants and people right. who live in the basement, like like four or five people, <laughs> like, like like Titanic, like below deck, and they and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And the 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 young girl, she wants to like teach like 
volunteer teaching art school or something. And, and it's like, a, the aunt is like, I, I will not have you do that. It's because she's working. You know, just like the values of these, there's a gay couple, and of course they have to like completely keep it on right. the down low. I mean, they can't, you'll be killed. And they have to marry, you know, a woman. Oh, yep. I mean, it's not oh, it's, that many generations exactly. ago, and it's like from, a, like, it seems it's like, like one million that's years right. It BC. seems like, a, that's right. And, and not again, to mention the black character, of course, right. there's a, there's, and she, of course, she's a free woman. It's after mm -hmm. the Civil War, but, mm -hmm. you know, free, free to, to, to right. associate with. Right, you know, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's just like. But I, I think that having these shows, thank God, if people are watching them, hopefully, I mean, you think by this time between Bridgerton and everything else and this show, people understand about class. I mean, even the Titanic. I rewatched the Titanic the other day. I go, there's not a black person on this ship. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was about class. Yeah, because the it Irish was, were the blacks. Exactly. And right. I remind everybody, go, there's not a black person on that ship. Right. The rich ones got off first. Remember that. The rich right. ones got off first. The ones who were on the bottom, yes. the last ones, good luck. The ship is going right. to sink with you. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and but it, it's been that way. Yeah, I remember the, the great line when... The ship is going down, and Billy Zane, who's just deliciously awful as mm -hmm. the evil he was really husband, great. boyfriend, mm -hmm. and, and somebody says, half the people on this ship are going to die. And he goes, not the better half. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, exactly. They, but the way, like in the Gilded Age, it just shows, they, it never sort of entered their mind. They were so structured into like this caste system. Mm -hmm. Like we are the people of New York. The old, We came over on the Mayflower mm -hmm. and that's who we are. We're old New York mm -hmm. and we have the money. And these other people, that's their station in life. They, right. they, there's a, there's a, another plot line where um, this, uh, the, some girl gets into society, but her father is a servant. And that's a scandal. That's a scandal. He can't be, ser I mean, he right. can't be in the same room. Right. Find out it's a, I mean, and this, I assume, I, I know, I know the history of the era. That's how people were. That's oh, yeah. how they thought. And they will look back on this time, I assume, and we will look just as crazy. Um, that shit crazy. Yeah. Because we actually have everything <laughs> yeah, no. that, that's great. And oh, it's I know. Like, and it, that was a good. Right. This isn't, again, nothing's perfect. No country is perfect. I always ask people, please show me the country that got it all right. And I'll follow. Please show me that because I haven't seen one. No. So everyone who's talking about, please compare us to everyone else. Stop it. Stop. And wherever you moved, even if it looked pretty great from the beginning, if you're there for long enough, there will be things that bug you. I promise you Everywhere. there will be things uh -huh. in Stockholm that you will drive you fucking crazy. Like we're used... having fish again. <laughs> or whatever. I, I used to land in LA with, at LAX with my parents and I would say, oh, we're back in Los Angeles. From anywhere, to your point. I could have been from Paris. I could have been from New right. York. I could have been from Tanzania. Oh, we're back in Los Angeles. My mom would turn around. She goes, no, we're back in America. Right. Thank God. Yes. And it didn't matter. And we were at the nicest places. It didn't matter. Right. She she's like, there's nothing no, like it. No place like home. Mm -mm. And it, it's. I'm actually amazed that we still are functioning. I mean, for, you know. for all it's worth, the toilets still run. I mean, it's like, yes, you see a diminution of us moving more toward third world stuff. Lots. Of, I mean, mm -hmm. we live in Beverly Hills mm -hmm. or somewhere. 
We don't want to say exactly. I mean, take two. But we live in a nice area. <laughs> we live in Pasadena. <laughs> Just to chiron that in. Um, we live. <laughs> we live in Palo Alto, and um, the roads. Yeah. Fucking look, the Baja out there. I mean, like the nicest places. Yeah. The one you big one you come up that goes up yeah. the valley that's out there. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's ridiculous. They can't and we're the rich people. Yeah. And they can't do it. No. But, you know, somehow it functions. It we we there's there's something about Americans. There's a million shitty things about it, but they just keep going. I thought after the pandemic and then like the preposterous overspending we did on it, that certainly the economy would go into the toilet. Mm -hmm. And we came back better than every other country, and people just shrugged it off and said, put it on the card. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I assume that card at some point will fuck <laughs> us in the ass. <laughs> I mean, the inflation does. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. But we just seem to keep going, and life itself, you know, our lives are still cushy. It hasn't, you know, we're still in a glass-bottom boat looking at a shark. Right, We're not right, right. Quite, in, in the water. I feel like it, we yes. could be. Yes. <laughs> like January 20th, 2025 is a day when I feel like the shark might, <laughs> might come eat, out. Eat, yeah, it might like come in Jaws, my, the my, shark my... will actually attack the boat. Oh, Jesus. And then we'll really be fucked. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think what you said is true about even during COVID and we came back better than ever. Which is, that's yeah. Americans. It's, it is our spirit of America. It's just the spirit of, yes, I don't know where we get it. I don't know what it is. But we have it, we and have, people come here for that. I mean, look it, at your father. Look what he read yeah. from from zero, he, from literally starting at zero, negative, negative, negative. Yeah, and to the high, to the black godfather, yeah. to the big, being the ultimate power broker, yeah. and and uh, he just, but it was his thing of okay, you know, he had, the, you know, people get offended by this saying now too, and I was like, really, does that offend you? You know, he's he finishes by saying, it is what it is. Now, what are you going to do about it? Right. And he lived his life that way. He always he loved being alive. So did my mom. And he was like, I, weren't you scared? Weren't you this? Weren't you that? He goes, yes. And I still lived. Right. Yes, I was afraid. And yes, it wasn't fair. And, but you know what? You keep going and you keep chipping at it. And history will prove to you it does get better if you're going the right way. You just have to keep chipping at it. I love the thing you wrote in. I'm just remembering this now. What was it? Some magazine about the three. Oh yes, the Rolling. Oh yeah, about Jerry Moss from AM Records. And no, I always yeah. knew the name Jerry Moss yeah. because Albert and Moss. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was a kid, Herb mm -hmm. Albert had you know this guy's in love with you. Yeah, the, number the best one song. song. Yep. And A and M Records. I would see that on a lot of records. Mm -hmm. A and M was a big, and I Huge. you know I was a kid who was interested in that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Albert and Moss. So that was your father's great Best buddy, friend. and then some other Jew. Yeah, um, sorry, and Abe Summer. <laughs> Abe and, Summer. And Abe was Abe was their lawyer, and they all met in New York before they all got married. They ended up moving here, and then all married, had children. The daughter, all the daughter, oh, we're all still friends. All the kids, all of us are still friends. So we all grew up with each other. And how crazy that I was afraid to call them to say that my dad was dying and had passed away on Sunday. I was, the first three calls I was going to call Quincy, Jerry, and Abe. Quincy and Abe Jones, and Jerry, yeah. and Abe and Jerry passed. So my dad dies Sunday, Jerry dies Tuesday. Right. When, it was, I'm like, you've got to, what is this? It, it was, 
But then at the same time, I thought, of course they didn't. Well, uh, of course they didn't. It's just life, and it, it is, it, again, it is what it is. But the beauty of, the reason I wrote that in Rolling Stone was because I loved that Jerry and my dad, again, different backgrounds, different people, and they had so much more in common, which they focused on. And then my dad, yeah. you know, one of his things was, I don't have problems. I have friends. And he didn't, wasn't trying to poo-poo away problems, but he was saying, thank God I have good friends who actually show up. Yeah. And Jerry showed up. I mean, when my dad was overstretched and making mistakes and too many businesses and everything fell, everything went away. And Jerry was the, Jerry and Joe Smith and a bunch of people. But Jerry was the one who said he and Herb wrote a check, gave it to my father, said, look at the contract when you get home. And my dad's like, this is not a contract. What is this? And I wanted to write that in because they said, you know, write about your dad and to honor him. And then I had to put them in there also because... They were a part of my life, and they raised me too. You know that um, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams died on the same day? Mm. Did you know that? I did not know that. You know what day it was? Exactly 50 years from July 4th, 1776. How weird well, is that? that is weird. The two fought. Two yeah, of the, and I did not know that. Adams' last words were, thank God Jefferson lived. <laughs> the joke was on him because he lived back then before they communicated and he's uh, stupid. Now we'd know right away. All right. Okay. I am so, so happy we did Thank this. you. I mean, we Thank don't you. ever need a camera to do it, but uh, pleasure that we have this. When, I know. When I have my grandchildren, I can show them. No, I think that bus is sailed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Maybe not. I don't think so. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> 85 oh. when I got out of high school. Club. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh. It was great. Yeah. And I appreciate you yes. having me. Yeah. And I'm still going to come on your show when it's right. Oh,